This message was recorded at Breakthrough Fellowship in Nungoja. Chances are I'll give you six this week and six next week. Hallelujah. Say the laws of destiny. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I have a destiny. I have a destiny. You see, when we say immutable laws, it means they are laws that they can't be changed. God has established them and they're established. There's nothing you can do about them. What you can do is learn how they function and work them. Amen. All of us have a destiny, but it can be sad for your life to end and you never walked into your destiny. The graveyard is full of people who never walked into their destinies. The graveyard is full of dead dreams, is full of unfulfilled dreams, is full of buildings that were never built, ministries that were never started, businesses that never happened. Because some people did not understand the laws that govern destiny. Amen. First of all, when we understand that the universe operates by laws that God established. Amen. For example, there are natural laws. Gravity is a natural law. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Gravity is a natural law. Whether you like it or not, it is there. Do you know you don't have to believe God for gravity to operate? It just operates. You want to test it, go to a tall building and jump off. Hallelujah. You will know that it operates whether you believe it or not. Hallelujah. There are laws. The laws of relativity. Hallelujah. The laws of polarity. The laws of vibration. The law of cause and effect. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, I want you to think about it. If you step off a tall building, eh, no one is going to say, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Unlikely. <laughs> They're likely to say, eh, look at that human pancake. <laughs> when you arrive. <laughs> Amen. When you understand, for example, the law of leverage, those who did physics, you have a fulcrum, you have a lever, and you can move anything. Hallelujah. In fact, there was a great mathematician years ago called Archimedes. Those who did physics, you can remember Archimedes' principle. And he used to say, if you give me a lever and a fulcrum, a lever long enough, and a fulcrum, I can move the world. He just needs one long enough, because length determines how much effort you put in. So if you give him one couple of light years long, he will move the world as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And here is the other thing about this. These laws function whether you're a believer or not. Hallelujah. Let me give you an example. The law of seed and harvest. Believer or not, it works. 
because the Bible says he causes it to rain on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. So that means the only difference is whose ground has some seed in it. That is why you meet a lot of amazingly blessed Muslims. What happened? Because their Quran tells them about sowing seed. It constantly tells them to give. And they obey the principle and it works. They work the law and it works for them. And no amount of prayer is going to make you circumvent laws God has put in place to govern his universe. Hallelujah. Amen. Especially when your circumvention is out of rebellion. It's different when you want to circumvent in order to achieve his purpose. For example, Joshua needed to win a battle and he said, okay, sun stands still. He even said it in lack of understanding because it is not the sun that moves. But the, but the whole universe obeyed. At that moment, the brakes hit. By the way, if you've not done physics, you don't understand how big a miracle that was. Because if only the earth had stopped moving, it would be tricky. There would have been some collisions. The tides would have been messed up. There would have been storms all over the earth. The, the earth could not stop moving only by itself. The entire universe had to pause because otherwise everything would go out of alignment. The universe is so well done that just one little thing going out of alignment can mess the whole thing up. So when he said, son, stand still, he literally told God, "You <laughs> look here, pause every galaxy, pause every planet, pause every star. Everything has to stop now so that I can win it back. Ah. <laughs> now that's faith. Sometimes it's good when you don't know exactly what you're asking. Because then you don't know the extent of power needed to make it happen. I was talking to a friend who was a doctor and he was telling me it's so much harder for him to pray for healing because he understands sickness. He, he really understands what's going on and then it becomes hard for him to envision that God can change the situation because he has too much knowledge. When you have too much of the earth kind of knowledge and not enough of the God kind of knowledge, faith becomes difficult. Hallelujah. So, there are laws that govern the spiritual dimension. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap. All those, those are powerful spiritual principles. Hallelujah. The Beatitudes, those are spiritual principles. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Amen. And many of the others. Here is another important spiritual law. Do unto others. Hallelujah. As you would have them do unto you. Amen. You know, Yesterday I was reading a joke and I was like, hmm, I think I'll share this one. So, a man appeared before St. Peter at the party gates and was asked, have you ever done anything of particular merit? Well, I can think of one thing the man offered. Once on a trip to the Black Hills in South Dakota, I came upon a gang of high testosterone bikers who were threatening a young woman. I demanded them to leave her alone, but they wouldn't listen. 
So I approached the largest and most heavily tattooed biker. I smacked him on the head. I kicked him over his bike. I ripped out his nose ring, threw it on the ground, and then I yelled, Now back off, biker boy, or you will answer to me. St. Peter was impressed. He asked, When did this happen? And he answered, Just a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, the first law. Everything God has a purpose. Hallelujah. Nothing God made is purposeless. Everything in creation has a purpose. Amen. When, when you understand that everything has a purpose, you will never treat anything or anyone as useless. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Everything. You know, I used to ask God, I used to say, okay, everything has a purpose, but I'm not yet sure why exactly you created mosquitoes. <laughs> but everything God created has a purpose. I'm sure if I pull a scientist out who understands botany and zoology, they will tell us exactly what purpose in creation mosquitoes serve. Even though to me, all they do is annoy me. But that could also be a purpose. Hallelujah. God is the personification of vision and purpose. Everything he created has a purpose to it. Amen. Amen. So, that naturally leads into the second one. Since God made you, you have a purpose. Hallelujah. God could not have spent all that time creating you and he doesn't give you a purpose. Tell your neighbor, I have a purpose. Say it again, I have a purpose. When we go back to the example I used earlier, you have Joshua. One man, empowered by God, and he causes the entire universe to pause so that you can win a battle. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you imagine that one person empowered by God and acting alone can change the world? Hallelujah. There are people we have seen who discovered their purpose and they changed everything. There was a man called William Wilberforce. The reason you're not in chains on a ship heading to, to the United States to work on a farm is because God raised a man called William Wilberforce who said, no, slavery is wrong. And this one man with his passion changed an entire society. In fact, destroyed an entire business. If you don't understand, you need to understand that slavery was a multi-billion dollar business. The entire economy of the world at that time depended on slaves. But one man woke up and said, mm -mm -mm, this is not good. It stood up and he changed. He caused the destruction of a multi-billion dollar industry because he had purpose. And he woke up and it was burning deep within him. When you study the Second World War, 
There came a time when Britain was standing alone. Hitler had conquered all of Europe. And he was just poised to cross the channel. The only thing between him and conquering Europe completely, including Britain, was a small channel of water, the English Channel. And his war machine was unequaled. But there was a man called Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill, with just words on radio, inspired an entire country to say we are not quitting. When all the other allied, all the other allied countries in Europe had surrendered, Winston Churchill said we will fight by sea, by land, by air. We will not quit. We are going and we shall not quit until the last drop of blood is spilled on this land. But we are not surrendering. He inspired an entire nation when all the odds were against them. Because of the man's fiery speeches. Can you imagine a man with words only? Moreover, an alcoholic. Because Winston Churchill was an alcoholic. But he had a strong sense of purpose. And he turned the course of history. Can you imagine what the world would be like if Hitler had won? Everyone else would be subject because he had his idea of a master race. And everyone else had to find their way under the master race. That's why there would be no Jews. We'd have finished all of them. He managed to kill six million of them. Hallelujah. Empowered by God, yet acting alone, Abraham fathered the nation. You know the scripture says, look to your father Abraham, the rock from which you were hewn. And your mother Sarah, I called them alone. He produced one son. But yet today, he's the father of, an, of he's not just the father of a nation of Jews, but he's the father of all those of faith. Even you. When we were in the Sunday school, we used to sing, Father Abraham had many sons, had many sons, sons, Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let us praise the Lord. You see? Huh? By the way, there are deep spiritual truths in those little songs we sang in Sunday school. Hallelujah. You never underestimate the power of what God can do with just you alone. Let me give you an example of exponential things with one individual. God gets an individual, an Ethiopian eunuch, and sends one individual, Philip. Philip preaches to this one individual, and an entire nation becomes Christian. Entire nation. By the time missionaries got round to coming to Africa, Ethiopian was, Ethiopia was already Christian and had been for as long as there had been Christianity in Europe. One man. Here is the interesting thing. You know, sometimes you don't think about it. The guy was a eunuch, meaning he could not have kids. Aya. The guy couldn't have kids. But he turned an entire nation Christian, one man. 
First of all, when, when you hear that he was a eunuch, you realize he wasn't the king. Because kings could not be eunuchs. They had to produce heirs. Which means he was just a functionary somewhere in the palace. Which means he goes back and he not only converts everyone, but he converts even his king. Yes. Yes. One man. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Ephesians 2.10 for we are God's handiwork. I'm reading the, as Raymond calls it, the Anglican version. New, new international version. <laughs> For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen. Not just to do works, but good works. Which God prepared in advance. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor in advance. in advance. Say it again, in advance. in advance. So God prepared good works in advance for you to do. Hallelujah. Amen. When we say you have a destiny, God prepared good works for you to do in advance. Before you even knew him, before you got saved, he had prepared good works for you to do. Hallelujah. Before you got saved, there were some orphans he prepared for you to take care of. Before you got saved, there are some widows he prepared that you will look after them. Before you ever even knew him, he had already prepared in advance that there are some people who are only going to receive their salvation because you preached to them. Hallelujah. He prepared good works for you to do. Amen. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you in the womb, hallelujah, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before he was even in the womb, you know, when they say before he was in the womb, eh, you know science. That means before there was an ovum and a sperm to meet, he knew you. Before your parents even thought you would exist, God already knew you, and he had already planned what you will do. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now, Acts 15, 18 to 19. Amen. Acts 15, 18 to 19, King James. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Hallelujah. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. You know what that means? It means that God never has afterthoughts. It means he doesn't wake up and say, I wish I'd done that differently. You know that? I, could have, I, could, I think my strategy was up here. Known unto God are all his works, which means there's, there will never come a time when God says, Ha! There will never come a time when he says, I misfired when I made you. Or I made a mistake when I made you the way I made you. Hallelujah. Because his works are known unto him from the beginning of the world. My God. Amen. Amen. And this leads us 
into the next law. When God created you, he equipped you with gifts and then released all the heavenly resources you will ever need to fulfill your destiny. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's, God is not waiting. It's not like now when you begin to realize is when he begins to prepare the stuff you need. Before you were born, he had already placed everything you need and released it in heavenly places. Your only job is to bring it from there to here. That's why he says pray. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why he gives you the keys and he says, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you will lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Here is the thing. The correct Greek says, whatsoever you lose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. When you go back to the Greek, it says, whatsoever you bind has already been bound in heaven. It has already happened. You, you are placed here to make it happen here. Hallelujah. That's why we, that's why it is a misunderstanding of spiritual warfare to start binding principalities in the air. The things in heaven have already been done. They've already been bound. Yours is to bind them here on earth. Hallelujah. You bind their works here on earth. Hallelujah. Instead of spending a lot of time on what's happening in heaven, you are called to make things happen here or not. Amen. Amen. In fact, let me challenge you. Do you know that our ultimate destination is not heaven? It isn't. The Bible says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And Jerusalem coming from heaven to where? To earth. That's why it says we shall inherit the earth. It doesn't say we shall inherit heaven. Hallelujah. Mm. Amen. God cannot give you an assignment and he doesn't give you all that you need for it. But you need to access it. You know I'm using notes so that I can stay on point. When I don't use notes, I might go off in another direction altogether. I get I may get too excited. Because <laughs> some of these things I summon each and every one of them in itself. But I want to give you a couple of things and you go back and chew on it, ruminate on it. Hallelujah. I've exceeded the time, but um but we need this word. Hallelujah. I think I'll finish with the law number four. But law number five also looks good. But anyway. <laughs> Law number four. Everything God gives us is in seed form. Tell your neighbor, everything, everything. God, gives God gives us is in seed form. In seed form. Hallelujah. When you read Genesis chapter one, what does it say? And God made every living thing to bring forth after its own kind. So each and everything God produced, put on the earth, he gave the ability to produce seed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Everything God gives you is in seed form. You want maize? You plant a kernel of maize. Hallelujah. Amen. You want some mangoes? You plant a mango seed. Hallelujah. My friend, 
to take it even deeper. You want a baby, you plant a seed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Without the planting of that seed, there is no baby. Hallelujah. The difference between a great life and a mediocre life is what you do with the seed God has given you. You have to use the seed. And that's why the enemy is always attacking the message of the seed. Because the seed contains your destiny. It contains the resources that you need for your destiny. So he wants to convince you that you need to eat the seed. So that you can eat your provision. You can eat your resources. You can eat your destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But when you understand the power of the seed, everything changes. Amen. Amen. When God assigned you a destiny, he provided all the seeds you need. Hallelujah. Amen. And this flows into law number five. Law number five is this simple. It is your responsibility to grow the seed God has given you. Hallelujah. It is your responsibility to grow the gifts and resources that God has given you into, in seed form into what they are meant to be. It is your responsibility to plant them in the ground. It's your responsibility to water them. It is your responsibility to weed around them. It is your responsibility to nurture them to where they are meant to be. Which means it is your responsibility to grow your skills. Hallelujah. I used to be an introvert. Those who know me now can't believe it. But I was a terrible introvert. I, I had trouble socializing. I had real trouble having empathy. Until I realized, okay, this is a limitation. And I went and bought myself be a people person, John Maxwell. I still even have it there in the closet. And I read it because I had to develop that thing in me. I had to learn how do you be a people person. It didn't come naturally to me. I had to develop it. There are undeveloped things in you. It is in seed form. The fact that now I can actually be a people person means the seed was already there within me. I just needed to develop it. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let me show you something interesting. You develop. First of all, you develop the seed, first of all, by planting it. Amen. Amen. But secondly, you must water it with prayer. Yes. You must water it with study. Hallelujah. Have you, let me give you a, a very amazing thing that shows you why God gave you the responsibility. God tells Elijah, go arise, go to Zarephath. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. When Elijah gets there, the widow didn't come running. You are the man God told me about. In fact, she went about her business and he's standing at the gate until he beckons to her. When he beckons to her and says, hey, I need some water. And when she comes, she says, by the way, bring me a cake also. And then she says, ah, as your God lives, you know what that tells me? 
she knew he was the man of God. So she says, as the Lord your God lives. Remember, she's a Sidonian. How did she know he was a man of God? It can't have been from his clothes. So God had spoken to her, but Elijah had to activate that word that she had. She was still in doubt. She wasn't sure. Then he tells her, ah, that saith the Lord. He used what he had within him, the prophetic gift, to activate the resources that were already there. The resource was there. Oil and meal in small quantities. The seed God placed within Elijah is activated now and activates the resources. says, as the Lord my God lives, the meal shall not run out, nor the cruise of oil. And they ate of it and enjoyed for a long time. I don't know exactly how long, because I don't know how long he spent at the brook. But we know for three and a half years it did not rain. Hallelujah. God had promised Jacob, no, Abraham, that after 400 years, he would rescue them from Israel, from Egypt. But yet it required someone. Moses had to go and tell Pharaoh, let God's people go. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Do you know that even though God had promised through Jeremiah that after 70 years they will return from captivity, it still took Daniel interceding and praying for it to come to pass. God, they, even though the word had gone forth, God always needs a man to stand in the gap. Tell your neighbor, I am the person. I am the person that God needs to make his word come to pass. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, and I looked for a man to stand in the gap. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God is looking for you. God is looking for you. Now, let me tell you another thing. Your resources will not show up until you show up. Say it. My resources will not show up until I show up. Hallelujah. When God told Jehoshaphat that my the battle is mine, you will not need to fight. Hmm? Jehoshaphat still had to show up to the battlefield. Hallelujah. The choir went ahead, they sang, God caused ambushes to happen. This is Second Chronicles chapter 20. But what then happens after that? These guys fight each other and they are destroyed. But God didn't send angels to collect the spoils and take them to Judah. No. No. These guys had to have shown up at the battlefield yes, to collect the spoils. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you must show up. You must show up. In fact, I was thinking about it. That when Abraham was climbing the mountain, eh, on the other side of the mountain, the ram was also climbing. Yes. Until he showed up at the top and they met each other up there and the provision was right there. Hallelujah. In fact, if Abraham had not showed up to the top of the mountain, he would never have known that God had provided for himself the ram. Hallelujah. And he did not see the provision of God until the very moment when it was needed. Some of us, our problem is a paralysis of analysis. Hallelujah. 
We analyze and analyze and analyze and we wait. The Bible says, he who waits for the clouds shall not sow. It means you start moving until you, God would not make it happen until you showed up right there. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You're there and you're thinking, before I do this business, I need to save up like 10 years worth of provision. You know, for the whole time, God is saying, start it tomorrow. When you start. When they were crossing the river Jordan, do you know what happened to them? Remember, the high priests had to come with the ark on their shoulders. And then they were told to go and stand in the river. And then the river would stop and they cross. But here is the interesting thing. When they got to the shore, the river was still running. As fast as usual. Even when they stepped in, it was still running. Until they got to the middle, then suddenly... It starts lowering and lowering and lowering until it is done. But if they had stood at the shore and said, Ha, let's wait and see. They would have waited forever. God's waiting for you to step into the river. Hallelujah. That's what faith is. You take a bold step and just step in there. Someone once asked me and said, But you. Don't you get scared? How do you pray for someone? Then you remove their stuff. What if? <laughs> and honestly, it's a scary question. Here in Uganda, Kale, it's okay. In the US, they may sue you for everything you own. The guy removed my cast and the leg was still broken. Now I have to spend $50,000 in hospital bills he must pay. My brother Shok there knows what American hospital bills look like. Crazy. They can do for you a one hour operation and then you pay $50,000. Hey, that's how expensive it is. So before you complain about medical bills in Uganda. <laughs> Hallelujah. By the way, that's reason to thank God and lift your hands and say thank you Lord for help. Because some people they work and leave the money in the hospital. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you've got to show up. And sometimes showing up means go back to school and get an extra degree. Hey. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes showing up means buy some books that teach you how to run a business. Sometimes showing up means Huh? That you put in some extra hours at night. Hallelujah. Amen. Sharpening yourself. You attend some online courses. You'll be amazed. These days, everything is available online. Hallelujah. Amen. Show up. Tell your neighbor, show up. Show up. Show up. Show up. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me finish now because otherwise. When you achieve the purpose for which God called you and created you, you will, you will experience inner fulfillment, peace, and satisfaction. Hallelujah. That's number six. That's how you know. You know that you are in the will of God when you have that inner peace and calmness. Amen. I have inner peace. I know I'm doing what God called me to do with breakthrough. Hallelujah. 
Even when some of my friends, sometimes you can look at them and if you're tempted to compare, you might start saying, eh, naim kama. They are on their third set of apartment buildings. But I know there is this peace in me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, your success, your success will give you incredible influence and a voice that people will listen to. When you walk into your destiny, it gives you influence and a voice. It does. You know you are not in the right place when you don't have influence and you don't have a voice. But when you're doing the right thing, God gives you influence and he gives you a voice that everyone listens to. Hallelujah. And of course, it goes without saying, it brings glory and honor to the one who placed you here to do his will. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Let us stand up. We're going to pray that God will activate in you. Because inside of each of you there is a seed. Hallelujah. There is a seed for greatness. There is a seed for great influence. There is a seed for doing great things that you've never imagined. Hallelujah. There is a seed for a business somewhere inside you. There is a seed of an idea of something that you can do that will change the whole world. But you've been waiting for the clouds. Hallelujah. Maybe God showed you that you take care of many, many orphans. Start with two or one. You can start by taking care of one in a one-roomed house. And God will lift you to the next level. Hallelujah. One of my friends, I'm hoping one day he comes. You know, he, he always lends me cars when I come here. He's called Joseph Serwata. Some of you know him from Miracle Center. I watched him. You know, he first started taking orphans in, in, uh, in, in his one-roomed house. Today, man, the guy comes to America every year. And he has partners. Of which Breakthrough Houston is one of the partners. Amen. Amen. And they, they have property, the kids are many. God's using him greatly. Kids are even graduating now that he started looking after. But he started. He showed up. In his one-room house, took him the first one, then the second one. Then God expanded him because he was now on mission. The resources don't get released until you step into that river. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. For a long time, I knew we had to do this. Apostle Raymond will tell you, we used to have prayer meetings. Alan remembers. But I said, we see a ministry, breakthrough ministries and everything. We knew. But until we made the step and started in the living room, then God started bringing resources. One pastor was saying, ah, we had, man, you guys have amazing equipment. Man, when we started, yeah, you have no idea. We used to clap our hands. And sometimes Raymond had a guitar and then we would play, you know. That's all that was there. Then one day we came to do fellowship and my friend Adrian showed up with all sorts of things out of the boot of his car. And he put the music and we're like, eh, we've gone to another level. 
Amazingly, it was just a couple of combos. But it sounded heavenly when it happened. And we were like, but you know what, Lord? And he began to release resources. I can't explain to you how we got all this stuff, but I can't. Not logically. But I remember, I used to walk into, there's a, a, a shop, it's called Guitar Center. I used to walk in every day and examine these both speakers. Eh? And I would look at it and say, man, these things look good. I want one of them. I'm going to have one for our fellowship one day. You know, and I would look at them, then I would look at the price tag, and then I'd be like, ha, okay. But Lord, you will make it happen. You have no idea how frequently I used to go to guitar center. My wife used to even wonder. I'd go there and spend a long time, but I've not bought anything. I'm just walking around this boss and testing it and putting it. I'm like, my God, this thing sounds good. God did it. Hallelujah. I don't know who I told. I think it was Raymond. Just a couple of months ago, I told him, man, our mixer has run out of channels. I'm believing God for this one. I even sent him the picture and the link. And when I told him, there was zero on my account. But when you when you decide to show up, I say, Lord, this is it. I am doing what you called me to do, but now this is the need. By the time I arrived, I had it in my luggage. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why I can tell you that things we are believing God for, we must have our own van here. Amen? Uh, I want a Mercedes-Benz van, eh? Oh, they're very comfortable. Hallelujah. Yeah. I need another SUV here, like a Ford, maybe Explorer Expedition, something big enough that when you say to Genzewari, when now you just, you go. It's going to happen. Mm. When you see it, I'll remind you of today. Hallelujah. And God's going to bring yours too. Amen. Sometimes the problem is you're asking, and God's looking at you and saying, Do you know? Find your purpose and your assignment, and the resources will arrive. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because you're taking me to another level. This year, this year, I am starting on my journey to fulfill my destiny. And I know the resources I need are going to show up when I show up. I choose to show up. I choose to take the step of faith. I choose to start what you want me to start. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Breakthrough Fellowship meets every Wednesday in Lunguja. For more information, call or WhatsApp 704 89